0: Tweelin
1: Tran Win. Welcome back to the Federal Drive with Tom Tamman here on Federal News Network. Air traffic control towers have been central features of airports since the beginnings of aviation. Many of them have also become architectural landmarks. Now the FAA is seeking new designs for control towers that are both functional and distinctive. Here with more, project engineer Zane Edwards and contract specialist Tran Tranwin. Great to have you both on.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Good morning.
1: And tell us what the vision is you have here for this project. We'll get into the contracting mechanism, but what are you trying to accomplish here? Because I thought, you know, in sure. big cities, the towers are already, you know, landmarks in many ways now.
2: That's exactly right. So in a lot of our major airports, the ones that control sort of the flow of traffic through the NAS, your Atlantas or Chicago's, LA's, those airports have seen lots of investment and they're in really pretty good shape. You know, we have over 500 control tower and radar facilities. And a bunch of these are in regional municipal airports, smaller airports. And they haven't seen the investment in recent history. A lot of them are over 40 to 50 years old. You know, if they haven't reached their end of useful life, they're getting close to it. And they really need some love, to be honest. So our vision is, you know, with the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act passing, it's going to provide us with, we're not exactly sure of the amount of funding, but a much larger investment than we normally see through our appropriation process. And it's going to allow us to hopefully replace around 100 of these sort of towers. So what we're doing with this competition is, we're saying hey we're going out to the industry you know we're really great in the FAA at replacing and designing single towers one at a time we've done it a million times we're great at it that process is pretty well set but we're not geared to develop to do something at this scale in this short of a time frame so we're going out to industry saying hey we know you guys can help us we really want sure. to hear your innovative design ideas and construction ideas tell us how you would do it and tell us how you could do it quickly
1: Well, one more question on that, because almost every airport is operated by a local or regional authority that is somehow connected to that state or local government, and it can get complicated if you're talking about the big airports, but also the small ones. And so who is responsible for maintaining and the capital investment in those smaller airports? Is that a federal function, or do you have to work with those state and local authorities?
2: So it can be. So a lot of these facilities we do own and maintain. There are also a number of them that the airports own and will maintain. And there's some of the airports own and they maintain, but right? There's all sorts of different sort of agreements. And so we at this point, we're hoping to take the opportunity and just from a portfolio perspective, say we have a chance to really improve the quality of the infrastructure.
1: And Ms. Tronwin, how are you going about this? That is to say, is it a challenge competition? Is it a contract? What do you have out there on the street right now?
0: Yeah, so what we're currently doing, we're going to release a full and open competition. So a company of any size is welcome to participate in the competition. We're looking from vast experience to no experience at all. If you're great at designing or you have just a knack for designing and you could be a college student and you're interested Feel free to participate. That's what we're looking for, because there's opportunities down the line in the different phases that we have that you can join with a more experienced firm if you so happen to succeed and pass the first.
1: And in general, what are the requirements you're putting out there? I mean, it has to be a certain height and it has to have windows all around. But beyond that, these are highly technical facilities. So what are some of the criteria that they have to meet in order to have a chance here?
2: For the first phase, what we're really looking for is we're looking for a conceptual design statement and a conceptual execution statement, both limited to five pages, high level ideas tell us how you would go about this problem, what you think the vision is to solve it and how you would actually execute that vision to the end. So really what we've limited to the first go around the phase one of this, it's we want the towers to be 60 to 119 feet in height, you know, adjustable in that sort of window, we want them to be rapidly constructible. We're aiming for a 50-year lifespan. It does have to support a control cab, but at this point, we're not providing any sort of specifics on control cabs. We really are just trying to get the concepts and the ideas out there. We're also very interested in sustainability, you know, not just from an energy efficiency or you know, water reduction sort of point of view, but can we do on-site renewable energy generation? What about lowering our carbon footprint with different construction materials and different construction types? So those are the things we're sort of looking for in the upfront phase one of the CERN.
1: We're speaking with FAA project engineer Zane Edwards and with contract specialist Treewind tran Lin And you mentioned that there are phases to this program. So the first phase is a kind of down select of the best designs and what do the awardees get to continue?
0: So in this competition, we have three phases total. And for the first phase, as we discussed briefly, we're requesting the offers to submit an innovative design, concept, and execution approach that facilitates the rapid deployment of the new air traffic control tower. And in that phase, we'll be selecting up to 15 successful offers that proceed to phase two. And then in phase two, in the request for the qualifications, the offers must submit a financial capability as well as past performance corporate experience of the proposed teaming arrangement. And in this phase, we will be selecting up to six successful offers to participate in phase three. And then lastly, in phase three, which is the request for offers, we are requesting offers to submit a 10% design, as well as a conceptual construction deployment plan for multiple towers. And in this phase, we're also asking for a cost proposal to advance the design to 50 to 80%. And one or more offers may be selected for this phase, or there could be a potential that we may not select any offers at this phase.
1: And the ultimate goal here is the same tower in all of the places that will be replaced, or is there some accommodation for regional variation? You might not want something that looks the same in New England as in southwestern United States.
2: One hundred percent, we do recognize that we wanted to be adaptable. You know, not just aesthetically to make them look a little different, but also environmentally. We're going to build these in northern Alaska. We're going to build them in southern Florida. So you're going to have different energy sort of uses, a different insulating properties, um, different loadings, wind loading, seismic loading, high snow loading, just depending where you are. We'll have different foundation types. We recognize that. So they need to be site adaptable.
1: Got it. And here's a detail question. Do control towers have like bathrooms at the top level where the controllers are? Do they have to go downstairs and into a terminal or something?
2: That's a legitimate question. I'm actually glad you brought that up because there is one nuance control towers that I, that I do want to sort of explain to people. So we spend a lot of money to build these buildings for the view, right? That's the key. So we don't want to put anything in the cab that will obstruct the view. It's a 360 sort of window to the sky, to the airfield below to control the movement areas and the, you know, the planes approaching and departing. So there is a restroom one floor below. But what we do have is an exemption to the ABA, which is the American Barriers Act. For accessibility to the cab and one floor below, right? So that we can't bring the elevator overrun into the cab because it would block the view. So there's no way to get people with accessibility needs into the cab. So the cab and one floor below, though, there is an exemption for us.
1: Interesting, yeah. And with respect to the ability to sustain on site energy, for example, or generate energy, that's a tough one too, because you can't put a windmill on top of a control tower, because then you'd have a big rotating shaft. You know, where airplanes are flying, so that's not an option. So maybe solar or that type yeah. of thing.
2: Yeah, we have one net zero facility in uh, Tucson, Arizona, which is Photovoltaic. It's got a pretty big PV farm. There are some idiosyncrasies of that. You got to make sure you're not blinding the controllers with the reflection. And you got to make sure you're not blinding the pilots with the reflection.
0: But we do, and even
2: lots of airports themselves will. San Francisco is an example. Their parking garages are covered with PVs. Their terminal buildings are covered with PVs. So you can do that. We could also do a geothermal types of things in different climates. Um, so there are other ways to meet Maybe not necessarily net zero. There's not, there'd be very few facilities that we think we could achieve that on, but we can make them more sustainable. We can reduce energy consumption and we can reduce water reduction.
1: And if you have on-site generation by whatever means, then in some sense, then you're more resilient because if the utility goes out, the tower doesn't have to go out and therefore the airport and the air traffic doesn't have to go out.
2: Absolutely right. So resiliency is another thing we want people to consider. So one of the goals of the procurement is the, and I always mess up the name of it because they change it all the time. But it's like the, um, the high-performance, sustainable federal building. And one of the tenets of that is resiliency. So we, we do want people to look at things like flooding, um, natural disaster, forest fire, whatever, and, and take that into consideration in their design concept.
1: And Tran give us a sense of the timelines here. So the final deliverable eventually will be a plan, financial and construction, correct, but not a tower itself.
0: So the final, final will be the design itself, 50 to 80%. And then we'll be looking at the cost proposal to have it produce all the way to the 50, 80%. So that is what we're looking for in phase three. And then the remainder, the 20%, we're going to work with on another procurement to complete out the 20% based on the location of where the tower is going to be.
1: So each tower or each, say, regional set of towers could have Competitive bids for the actual construction down the line.
0: Correct possibility, but right now we are focusing on this design procurement, so we're not sure of the strategy on the future of what those will be at the moment.
1: And just a final question: There, some of the big airports do have distinctive towers that have become local landmarks. I'm thinking of Boston Logan, which is two mm-hmm. big sticks with kind of a bridge in between them. And even in Washington, Reagan National is kind of an interesting looking tower. You can't tell whether it's a water tower or a missile site or an air traffic control tower. Are you looking for some sense of, I don't know, playfulness or architectural distinction in these as well as clearly the critical function they perform?
2: Oh, absolutely. But we, we also want the uh, offer to be cognizant of there's a balance between you know the economic and the aesthetic, right? So the cool thing about towers is they're tall. They're typically the tallest structure in these locations, these smaller towns. They're visible for miles, super recognizable. So we want them not to be eyesores, right? So we don't need, a, I guess, East Germany. Um, sort of construction, we would, we would like to make them look
1: a little better. Yeah, no brutalist architects need Right, exactly. That's a better way to phrase it. <laughs> All right. Zane Edwards is a project engineer on the Program Integration and Support Team at the FAA. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: I'd like to leave you with one thought. It is sort of my pep speech to the industry. So, you know, we're looking for a 50-year lifespan on these buildings. Architects, engineers, academics, this is your chance to put your stamp on the aviation industry for decades. So please, if anybody has any interest... Check out the solicitation on the landing page and provide your thoughts. We really want to hear them.
1: All right. You want to bring those constellations in for a safe landing. And Trilin Tran Wynn is a contract specialist with the FAA. Thank you as well.
0: Thank you. And then if you're interested, please, please register for SAM. That is my number one thing that I remind everyone if you're not registered, registered so that you can participate. The beauty of this contract is that you get to be innovative, be fun, and we're looking for that. So participate as much as you can and start by just registering for sam.gov.
1: Sam no longer (laughs) beta.gov.
0: Correct. No longer beta.
1: All right. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash federal drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.